welcome to the For The One podcast. I'm KK, your host, and I figured with it being February and Valentine's Day right around the corner, it's approaching, I thought it'd be only fitting to talk about relationships. (laughs) So grab that heart-shaped box of chocolates, grab your favorite drink, your favorite sweater, your favorite blanket, and let's get started. One time last semester, my IT professor actually started class asking this question. He said, "Mm, this is my favorite question to ask during the school year. He said, who here is in a relationship? And, you know, about like a third of the class raised their hands. It's funny because, you know, some people were like, oh, my goodness, this is so embarrassing. And others were just like, oh, yeah, I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend, whatever. And he was like, I only see like a third of the hands raised, but actually all of your hands should be raised right now because a relationship is with everything. You have a relationship with the person sitting next to you. You have a relationship with me. You're my student. I'm your professor. And you have a relationship with your phones, your computers. And he says, and you have a relationship with IT. And he proceeds to start the lecture. And it was so interesting because, like, it was an IT class. Like, it was literally, like, an information systems class. And I was like, why are you asking us if we're single or not? (laughs) But it really just shifted my perspective on what the term relationship meant. Of, like, you have a relationship with pretty much everyone and everything around you. But we typically think of it as in terms of, like, a romantic relationship. And so today, I'm not going to speak on how to be a loving girlfriend or in a committed relationship because I'm not an expert on romantic relationships. I'm not going to speak on something I don't have knowledge or experience on. But what I do know is what it's like to be single, to be a singular person pursuing God. I know what it's like to be a daughter, a sister, a friend. I know what it's like to be a student and a leader and a podcast host. So, for those listening who are in a committed romantic relationship, let this episode be kind of like a guide of how you can encourage those around you who are not in a romantic relationship. And if you're single like me, let this kind of be a guide of, okay, what do I do right now in this season? With that being said, I kind of find it sad how the world is always asking What's next? And, you know, I find myself asking this too in terms of daily tasks of what I need to do next. And I mean, in the sense of you're in high school and people ask you, what's next? What's next after graduation? And you're like, oh, I'm going to vocational school or, oh, I'm taking a gap year. I'm going to college. Okay. And say you get to college and then people ask, oh, you know, when are you getting a boyfriend? When are you getting a girlfriend? You know, and then finally you do, you find a romantic relationship and you're like, okay, here's my boyfriend. And then they ask, ooh, when are you getting the ring? When's he going to pop the question? And so finally you do get engaged and then you do get married and then you're married and they ask you, when are you going to have kids? 
and okay. So then maybe a year or a few years later, you have a child. And it's so beautiful, so precious. Everything's sweet and great. And you finally have a kid, and they ask, when's the next one coming? Like a week postpartum. <laughs> People are asking always, they're always asking what's next. And, you know, I personally relate to this in the earlier stages of that. People are asking, oh, when are you going to find a boyfriend? But I also know, like, um, someone really close to me, they're like, guys, I just had a baby. Why are you asking me when I'm going to have another one? Like, let, let me breathe for a second. And it's funny because we're always, you know, looking towards the future, which I think can always distract from the present. And sometimes, like these seasons, they're not always back to back to back. Lots of times, there are waiting seasons in between. And yes, these are waiting seasons, you know, waiting to find a boyfriend, waiting to get pregnant, waiting to XYZ to start your job or found your company, whatever. And they can feel like God's not there. Like, hey, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you working? You know, the girl I listen to on the podcast, she always says, you're an ever-working God. What you doing up there? <laughs> seasons of waiting don't mean seasons of nothing happening. I actually believe that you could be waiting for one prayer to be answered while actively living out another prayer's answer. Like, currently, I am waiting for a specific prayer to be answered, but right now I'm living out a prayer that I had maybe a year ago or even a few months ago. Like, that is how truly complex and intricate that God is. Is Yes, He is ever working, even if it's not in this one aspect of life that you're focusing on which in the context of this episode would maybe be getting in a relationship. And, you know, for people who are single and eventually wanting a lifetime commitment, like a time of singleness, y'all, hear my words, it is not to be wasted because God is ever working. A time of singleness is such a unique season because, you know, really you aren't having to worry about another person's time or how to take care of another person. You're not worried about, oh, when's, you know, when's my boyfriend getting out of class so I can pick him up, take him to practice, or, oh, when's my husband coming home so I can, you know, X, Y, Z, or, oh, when does little Johnny have to be at school so I can pick him up and drop him up, whatever. Like a time of single, like, you don't have to think about that. You're like, oh, when do I have to be somewhere? When do I need to do something? And, and it's not, out of selfish ambition at all but really just that's just the fact of you're taking care of yourself and I don't want to say focusing on yourself because you want to be focusing on God but in the sense of you don't have to prioritize someone else's time like you are free from any of that like you are blessed with availability to an extent you're blessed with the option to go pursue your master's or go on that trip without having to worry about screaming kind kids, whatever. You're blessed with the option to say, oh, yeah, I do want to take that job over there instead of worrying about if I'll be, you know, in a long distance relationship, etc. In a time of singleness, this time is crucial 
because it's decided in the choices that you make and the habits that you form. Are you going to live your life for God? Or are you going to live your life for the world? And th- these are p- questions, I guess, a, f- a fork in the road that's posed to us probably around the age of like getting out of high school. Like you get to college or you're in a full-time job right out of high school, whatever. And you're posed with, okay, like I'm responsible for myself now. How am I going to live my life? Am I going to live it for God or for the world? Am I, the world, you know, says singleness is a time to get drunk and party and sleep around and then be sad and bitter when none of it fulfills you. Or they say, now is the time to be a girl boss and chase the money and hate men. And there's nothing wrong with using a time of singleness to build a career. In fact, it's the time, it's in the time of young adulthood, no matter if you're in a romantic relationship or not, that is naturally designated for building your career or, you know, just your life path. But in that time, specifically being in a time of establishing your career or and also being signal, it's important to intentionally use this time wisely. One time I was talking to a mentor about how, you know, oh, I just want to read my Bible like I know I should be, but I just never have time to. And, you know, I think about waking up early in the morning, but I'm just way too tired and like, I don't know, like, how do I start this habit? And she told me, just how you tithe your money. Like each week, you probably give roughly 10% in the offering tray or, you know, Venmo the church, whatever. She's like, just like you tithe your money, spending time in prayer and in the Bible is tithing your time to God. And I really love how she said that because it totally changed my perspective on what it means to be living life for God. Like, yes, I like we should be tithing our time to him in devotion and in meditation and in his word and in prayer, but also like every aspect of our lives is tithed to him. How we spend our time, how we steward our relationships, how we love others, that's a tithe to God because God has given us so much love that you know we then in turn give it to him and give it to those we love and when you're in a season of singleness it is so 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 important to steward your time well and i encourage the one who's listening who is in a season of singleness to use this blessed time to grow closer with god It's so unique, and there's none other like it. And like I said, this can be done through meditation in the Bible, prayer at His feet, service in the church or in the mission field. This can be Bible studies in people's homes and fellowship with Christian community and resting in God. How amazing that we have so many opportunities to grow closer with the Lord, and especially in a time of singleness, you have unique availability to do so like it is the time in your life where you can truly grow in him and i know i just listed off a lot of things but it's not some laundry list to be done but 
rather a pathway to or a list of resources that can help you pursue a more connected relationship with God. I mean, me personally, I can sit and I can read my Bible like a monk all day long, but I really love getting in community and in fellowship with other believers because we are called to do that as a church to that way we can mutually encourage each other, iron, sharpen iron, grow closer to God through growing closer together and learning from each other. That's personally what I love to do to get closer to God. And it is really exciting to be in the mission field, whether you're in your town or across the other side of the world, to grow closer to Him. And don't get me wrong, y'all, you can still wholeheartedly pursue a relationship with God while in a committed romantic relationship. You definitely can. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church concerning married life, concerning unmarried life, and vice versa. Paul here is a single man his whole life, and, and it is Apostle Paul here is a single apostle preaching to the church, a church of married people, divorced people, unmarried people, virgins, non-virgins, etc., etc. And in it, two verses that really I like to dwell on when in this passage, one of them being verse 17, it says, Nevertheless, Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. Y'all, right now, God may be calling you to a season of singleness. But you know what we should do? We should live as a believer in whatever He has assigned to us. Right now, some of y'all are, you know, dating someone or engaged or happily married, and that is so amazing. Continue to live in your situation and live for God. Of course, this is, if it's a bad, toxic situation, of course, get out, get out. Um, But if it's a good relationship, like continue to be in it, believing in God. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation God has assigned to them, just as he has called them. You know what this means when it says just as he has called them? It means he's called you. He's called you to be where you are. And he may be calling you for a time of singleness or a lifetime of singleness. Me, personally, I hope he's just calling me for a time. I hope he later calls me for marriage. You know, and that's just an okay, like, that's a perfectly good desire to have on your heart. Another verse that I really love in chapter 7 is verse 26. In it, Paul says, because of, the pers- because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for man to remain as he is. It is good to remain as you are. I don't know if y'all listening have heard the story of how God created the world. But each day he created a new thing. You know, first it was light. And, you know, then he made the heavens and the earth and everything in it. He made the animals and he made mankind. And each day at the end of creating something new, God looked at it and said, it is good. 
And Paul here, he's talking to the people and saying, It is good to remain as you are. Specifically, he's saying, It is good to remain single. It is good. It is okay. It is blessed to remain single. Y'all, the world, it tells us, Oh, you poor thing. You poor thing. No one loves you because you're not dating right now. No. First of all, Jesus loves me. He loves you too. And I'm saying that with aggression because I'm a little annoyed. (laughs) I mean, many of y'all have probably felt that before. But it's not a pity to be in a season of singleness. It's not a pity to be called to a lifetime of singleness. In fact, it's really admirable because of the strength we are given from God to endure such commentary. Y'all, it's not a pity. It's not sad. It's not pathetic. It is good. And it is a blessed time and a unique time. It's good to remain as you are. And you're like, wait, but KK, no, don't tell me it's good to remain single now because I do want to get married one day and I do. And I don't want to do wrong by God by wanting to be married one day. Like, like if it's good to be now, like, you know, no. (laughs) It is good to be where you are right now. And simultaneously, it is good to pray for a future, to pray for, in the context of this episode, it is good to pray for a relationship that ends up being one of marriage. It is good to pray for that. It's also, you may be in a job right now that you enjoy, but you're wanting more. It is good to pray and to want more of the blessings in this life. It's good to want to enjoy more of God's glory and his creation. Y'all, Pastor Craig Rochelle, I follow him on Instagram, and if you don't, you definitely should because he is preaching some fire. Definitely a man of God. But one time he was preaching on relationships. One time he was preaching on relationships, and me, I'm a visual learner, so it was really good the way he described it. So hopefully I can do it justice. But he gave this visual of, you know, you're you're in your life and you're walking and you're walking in pursuit of God. And, you know, things in life happen, but you continue to pursue him. And then you look over to the left of you or to the right of you and you see, huh, there's another person walking in the same direction as me. I think they're kind of cute. And you walk a little bit closer to them, still heading in the same direction. And then, you know, y'all go out on a day and you know what? I am attracted to this person. I do want to, you know, get to know them more. And you walk a little closer to them. And then y'all continue to strengthen your relationship while still walking in pursuit of God. You're walking next to each other. You love each other, you get married, and as two become one, as they are doing life together, as they are walking together, they are still walking in pursuit of God. They're still walking in the same direction of God, and that is what you should want out of a relationship. I feel like often, definitely culture in the world, but sometimes, but sometimes even in the church, it's seen as or 
portrayed as or sometimes becomes an idol of being in a relationship of marriage. And you know what? One thing I always tell myself, I can open my own doors. I pump my own gas. I pay my own bills. Like, I'm independent. Like, I'm all good. I'm okay. But then also, how sweet and nice would it be if someone would do that for me? And yes, I am in a season of singleness right now. And yes, I am walking in pursuit towards God. But I do desire one day. And like I said, it is a good thing to desire to have a husband. But until that time comes, and even during that time, I'm still going to continue to pursue God. And we should still continue to pursue God. That, you know, when we're walking, you could say in this straight line, and we see the person next to us that's kind of cute, we don't start walking towards them. We don't start walking towards them like they're the goal, like they're a God, an idol to pursue. No, you continue walking straight. And as iron sharpens iron, that person shouldn't start walking towards you as an idol or as a goal, your soul being in life or soul purpose in life. No, they shouldn't start walking towards you. They should be walking parallel with you towards the end goal, towards union with God. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It should be y'all pursuing God together in relationship. For the single people, we're not going to idolize romantic relationships because we're in a good spot. You're in a good season, a season not to be wasted. And you know what? Like, sometimes, you know, I know that, like, one day I do want to get married. Like, I know that, logically. Have y'all ever had a dream where it was, like, so real and so emotional that you woke up feeling those emotions because I did let me tell you about it I had a dream one time it was my wedding day and it was funny because like my dress wasn't what I would have picked out for myself and I did like a dress change to another dress that I wouldn't have picked but I remember still loving it I remember like not everything was going right but I was still okay and like content with the day and I remember like, in my dream, before I walked down the aisle, I I gave my dad a hug, and it was so sweet. I could feel the emotions, and he gives the best hugs. Like, I could feel the emotions of being so grateful that he raised me and so grateful that he's provided for me and bittersweet because, like, I don't want to leave him, but I'm so grateful he prepared me to, you know, be an adult and hand me off to be married. And then after I hugged my dad, I let go, and then I went and I hugged my husband. Obviously, I couldn't see his face because, fun fact, you can't make up new faces in your brain. Anyone you see in your brain that you don't know is actually someone you've seen in real life. Fun fact. Anyway, but I couldn't see his face, but I remember I hugged him and I felt all the emotions of, like, you know, I guess a love for a husband. I don't know, nothing I've ever felt before and just, like, loving him wholly. And I remember during that hug, I woke up. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I was getting teary-eyed because I was like, oh my goodness, like my dad's handing me off at my wedding and like, and I love my husband so much. And I'm like, wait a second, (laughs) I don't even have a boyfriend yet. And it's just crazy because that dream, like truly there is a biblical spiritual power of dreams, I believe. Um, It talks about 
dreams many times in the Bible and dream interpretations. But I remember that dream just being like a signal to me of like, yes, this is a desire you have just kind of like logically on the back burner of your brain. But like, I guess that dream revealed to me like how much I did want it. So whenever I talk about like, yeah, being able to like pump my own gas and pay my own bills, like it is a desire of mine to like do life so intimately, so connectedly with someone to walk in that straight path of pursuit towards God together. And that's okay. That is blessed. That is a good desire to have. And I can't wait till that day comes. But until then, like, let us, let us continue to run the race set out for us. Y'all, in Mark 12, 30 through 31, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. You know, I tell you of this dream I have that revealed to me like deep desires in my heart with overwhelming emotions. And I pray that my husband obviously loves me enough to marry me and be with me the rest of my life. You know what I also pray? And what you single people listening should pray too and people in relationships should continue to pray that happens is I pray that my husband loves God more than he loves me. And I feel like it's a way of the world to be like, I must be the number one person in your life, honey. Like I will be your queen. You will be my king. Like we will love each other only. And it's like, no, he better love God more than he loves me. I'm no God. I can't help him. You know, I can't answer his prayers. I can't XYZ do miracles in his life. But I can love God more than him, and he can love God more than me, and we can love God so much that it brings us closer together. Because relationships, specifically like with your significant other, they're not meant, I'm speaking of the single people, but also the people in relationships, like they're not meant to replace God in your life. In in the visual of walking towards God, you're not supposed to turn and start walking towards them. They're not meant to replace God in your life, but rather they're meant to spur you on in your faith, make you stronger in your faith. And like I said, y'all, the world has a tendency to idol being, idolize being in a relationship. The term, you complete me, is in many cheesy rom-com movies. And it really, it grinds my gears. It annoys me because, you know, even the term soulmates like oh we're soulmates you complete me my other half y'all did you know the origins of the term soulmates it actually comes from pagan religion actually it's a story of some greek god that originally souls people were two people conjoined and what a god did was he split like a greek god lowercase g split everyone in half and scattered them throughout the world And if you found the one you loved, that was your soulmate. And some people never found theirs or married someone else's and it didn't work out. Like that is where soulmates came from, from pagan origin. You completely, my other half, my other half of my soul, 
the two bodies that were conjoined, soulmates, pagan origin. And I say all this to say because we are not, like us humans in general as individuals, we are not incomplete. God didn't halfway make you. He didn't take a nap while he was forming you wonderfully in your mother's womb. He didn't say, oh, I forgot to finish him or or finish her or whatever. No, you are a whole person. And you may think, but I have, I feel empty sometimes. I feel, you know, something's missing sometimes. Y'all, that something, that person missing, it's not a husband-shaped hole. It's not a wife-shaped hole, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. It's a Jesus-shaped hole. (laughs) It's Jesus that he can, he's the only one that can fulfill us Holy, not your husband, not your wife, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend, not your fiance. We're not incomplete. But rather, single people listening, I encourage you, when you desire a relationship, pursue it like this. A whole girl who loves God with all her heart and a whole guy that loves God with all his heart comes together in union and loves God with all their hearts together and loves each other deeply as well. Two whole people coming where two become one, not half a person and half a person become one. It doesn't say that in the Bible. Two become one. Two is a whole number. It's not a fraction. It's not a percentage. It is a whole number. One is a whole number, not incomplete. And another thing that really permeates throughout the world, you know, I mentioned people having pity for single people, being like, oh, you poor soul, like, that's kind of sad and pathetic. On the, like, vice versa side of that, there's a stigma of bitterness in single people of, oh, look at that couple holding hands walking down the street, get a room, or oh my word, like, those people, they're so, like, it's so annoying seeing happy couples everywhere. And, uh, bitterness. Bitter. Don't be bitter. Ew. It's okay to have a desire to be in a relationship. It is good, especially if it's a calling God has placed on your heart. Like I said, be careful not to make it an idol in your life. And, y'all, I get it. I really do. It's hard to watch people around you have what you want. But bitterness doesn't allow for joy. And you can celebrate others for what they have while still wanting it for yourself. And that applies to many aspects of life. But specifically, like, you can celebrate that adorable, sweet, happy couple who just got engaged and you're single. You can still celebrate them while still wanting that for yourself. If anything, if you see a couple down the street holding hands or, you know, sharing a piece of pie or doves flying around them with hearts and rainbows, like, you can, instead of looking at with bitterness, you can see, man, how beautiful is their love for each other. I can only hope and pray that I have that one day. I encourage you to take that approach of being happy for someone while still being hopeful. Let it be an encouragement when you see people in relationship together. 
And honestly, I love, like, personally, I love being analytical and seeing, oh, I love how they support each other this way in the relationship, or I love how they prioritize this aspect of the relationship. And seeing, like, oh, like, what wisdom can I gain from these people who are just in a, in a, a stage ahead of me in my life? Don't let seeing what others have that you want, don't let it be a moment of jealousy. Let it be a moment of learning. For the one who's listening, it's okay to desire a relationship with others, whether it be a friend or, in the context of this episode, a romantic relationship. But don't let it be an idol. Try to find contentment where you are right now. I mean, this time is a gift. I said it's so unique where you have this availability. And for the one who knows someone who's single right now, I just don't ask what's next, but rather encourage them in the right now and walk alongside them. For the one who's single, don't be bitter. It's an ugly color on you. Seize this beautiful season that God has given you. Steward it well. Tithe it well. Invest in your relationship with God right now. That part can apply to anyone, whether single or in a committed relationship. Invest in your relationship with God. Mend your relationship with Him and all others will fall into place. Steward your time well. For the one who's listening, Jesus loves you. God bless. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the For The One Podcast. Remember to follow along on our Instagram at ForTheOnePodcast underscore. And go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on your listening platform. Feel free to leave comments as I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thanks again for listening. Peace out.